We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. The Lakers get the win, much needed win over the Portland Trailblazers. Coming off of that Pacers loss, this was something we needed to see the Lakers do to get that win, dominate the game. They did all those things. Yes, Portland was missing players due to injury. They're missing Damian Lillard, missing our old friend Josh Hart, missing Nasir Little. But the Lakers were not complete either. The Lakers were missing. Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr., both of their wing players, out of action for this one. And yet the Lakers managed to get the W. Final score, 128-109. to And LeBron and AD, both of them, had nice games in this one. LeBron had 31 points, 8 assists, 7 boards, 12 of 18 shooting, 6 of 8 from 3. LeBron did not look that great against the Pacers, uh, in the last game, particularly down the stretch, came back with a vengeance in this one and defensively had more energy, just looked looked like he was more engaged, looked more like his old self, not saying he was totally back to his old self, but looked pretty good on both ends of the floor. Anthony Davis, meanwhile, 27 points, finished it off with some big buckets in the fourth quarter, finally getting involved in the offensive end down the closing stretch. Again, 27 points, 12 boards, three blocks, 9 of 17 shooting, even knocked in a 3, 1 of 2 from deep, 8 of 9 from the free throw line, which was a big part for AD as well. And then our guy Austin Reeves, 22 points. How good is this kid? Five boards, three assists, one steal. I don't know if they win this game without Austin Reeves. He was fantastic. 2 of 5 from 3, 7 of 10 shooting from the field, really stepped up his scoring in order to help make up for the absence of Lonnie Walker. How bizarre is this, by the way? Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr., both out due to left foot soreness, Troy Brown, we heard a little bit earlier in the day that he might be, he was questionable now because of this left foot soreness. Lonnie was a surprise right before the game that uh, we got notified that he was not going to play. But two players out with left, left foot soreness, early in the season, to start the season off, we saw two players out for the Lakers due to thumb surgery. Like how random is that? Thumb surgery for two players at the same time and now left foot soreness? For two players at the same time when LeBron already has been dealing with foot soreness as well. Weird. 
I don't know if people are going around just stomping on each other's feet or, or what's happening here. Thomas Bryant, 14 points, six boards. Nice performance out of him. Knocked into three as well. Maybe made a case for more minutes here. And we did get to see a big lineup from the Lakers too. That's something I'd like to see more of with LeBron as the three, AD as the four, Thomas Bryant out there at the five. And then in that situ situation, it was Austin Reeves at the two. Lakers actually can present a little bit of size. They just have to deploy that lineup. And I don't think we've been seeing enough of it so far this season. Uh, then you got 10 out of Russell Westbrook. Uh, three of those 10 points coming on a half-court heave to end the third, which was a big momentum play. I like seeing that out of Russ. I like that he pulled the trigger on that shot, didn't worry about his field goal percentage, just launched it. And I think it was a nice, uh, a nice lift for a Lakers team that had built up a pretty solid lead. Uh, went into the fourth quarter up 15. But again, just four for 14 shooting overall on the night for Russ. But again, no turnovers. This was a, a solid performance from him. All right. Everybody joining me, coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Thank you guys for joining us. If you haven't done so already, make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Put out all kinds of Lakers content. I had a video earlier today about the trade front and what the latest is there in terms of the Lakers maybe not looking at a Russell Westbrook trade. Instead, perhaps looking at a package with Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. So that kind of stuff is going to all be up on the YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribing there. Turn on notifications so you get notified as soon as I get a video out so you get all of our analysis. Uh, of course, if you're a podcast listener, you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, uh, give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. I love reading the reviews over there on Apple Podcasts. Makes me feel great. We've had a lot of people today messaging us too showing us how many, uh, how much time they listen to our podcast over on Spotify. Spotify did a thing where they they put that information out there today for users. Um, that was very, very cool to see. Always warms my heart to see how many people are, are listening to this podcast as well. All right, let's get into some of the questions and comments, people coming in from YouTube, Facebook, from Twitter. Let's start with always winning. Said, if the Lakers were, are, were slash are to keep Westbrook next year, what would his contract be like? Well, I mean, it all comes down to what is it that is out there on the market for us? And then what is it that the Lakers are willing to pay? I'd have to imagine, you know, considering Russ is probably going to be in the running for the sixth man of the year if he continues doing what he's doing right now. Um, he's in that that race. I don't know that he wins it. He might. He very well might. I would think he's got a pretty good shot at it. But um, considering that's going to be the case for Russ, maybe somewhere around a mid-level exception deal should be about 10 million. But here's the thing, the Lakers, if they're going to use their mid-level exception, they might need to use that elsewhere. They might need to use that to keep Austin Reeves. They might need to use it to keep Lonnie Walker. Right? so those are, those are other things that we have to consider. Now, they may also have cap space, so they may not have a mid-level exception. If the Lakers don't make a move that brings in future salary, then it, we, they would just pay, you know, 10 million, 11 million. It wouldn't be officially the mid-level exception, but that that type of money is what I'd be expecting. Um, and then whether or not it's technically a mid-level type deal would have to come down to whether or not the Lakers have cap space. If they have cap space next year, if they've got say 30 million in space, you'd just be taking a chunk of that and giving it to Russ. I don't know for sure what the situation is going to look like. There's a lot of time between now and the end of the season, but let's not forget as much as the Lakers were trying to part ways with Russ, I don't think Russ was super thrilled with coming back to the Lakers either. Uh, yes, he picked up his player option, but he didn't seem to be a happy camper in LA. And there's, look, it's gone much better this year. He's been celebrating with the LA crowd. They've, they've chanted MVP for him at the free throw line. 
there's been a lot of healing that's been done on both sides between Russ and, and the Lakers fans this season. So never say never, but I don't think it's a lock that Russ automatically comes back to the Lakers next year if they don't trade him. Um, in fact, I, I would probably go the other way and say most likely he's not a Laker next year still. All right, let's see what else we've got coming in here. Part this side. They played well in this four-game win streak. Oh, wait. It really should be. This should be a four-game win streak right now for the Lakers. Um, I don't want to rehash the Pacer stuff. I do not want to go into that darkness again. But yes, it should be a four-game win streak. Fernando, we can't look at trades uh, at which as which players would push the Lakers to contend. The biggest thing is a trade that would bring us to unlock Braun, AD, and even Russ. Uh, Fernando, I think that's fair. That, yeah, ultimately, you might say... I think what you're getting at is you need to look for a trade where the potential is there for the team to become better than the sum of their parts. That's really what you're looking to do because maybe you're right. Maybe you're right that there's not necessarily a trade where you just go, whoa, that's so much firepower. This team's instantly a contender. I can't believe they just got that guy or those guys. I can't believe they pulled that off. I think you're right. That may not be out there, but if you get the right pieces, then there might be a compounding effect across the roster where suddenly you've got a team that's built the proper way. So what would you be looking for in that scenario? Well, you're looking for guys who can do two things. And again, I've talked about it all summer. This is not rocket science. When you've got LeBron James, when you've got Anthony Davis, you want to surround them with two things, defense and three-point shooting. Now, I also think position matters in this situation. So you're looking for guys who can defend and guys who can shoot threes. Uh, if you're going to trade, like the, the rumor that came out this morning said, um, if you're going to trade Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn and a first-round pick, you're looking for defense, three-point shooting, and probably not a guard, even if it's Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn going out. That's two guards. You're still fine. You still have Austin Reeves who can handle the ball. You still have Dennis Schroeder. You still have Russell Westbrook. I don't think you need to bring back a guard. I'm looking for a wing, and I'm looking for a big Preferably, I'd like to get both. I need to get at least one wing. If it's two wings, okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But again, you need that skill set and those positions. And easier said than done, a lot of teams are looking for wings who can defend and shoot threes. So I'm not saying you automatically get that done. But if you could get Yaka Pertle and Josh Richardson for a first and Pat Bev and Kendrick Dunn, I'm not saying you can. This is me just spitballing. I would do that in a heartbeat. You're getting a wing who can shoot threes. He's not, he's more of a two than a three. I know Josh Richardson is, even if it was McDermott and I've got to take on that salary into next year instead of Josh Richardson and McDermott is dealing with an ankle issue right now, but I would also do that. I don't think Bev or none has been doing enough for this team this season. Um, and because they have so much guard depth, I mean, look, let's face it. Pat didn't play for three games that I think the Lakers didn't really skip a beat. Um, and Pat did some fine things tonight and I think his defense matters. I think what he does in the locker room matters, but if you make that decision that you're going to move on, I don't think you have to bring back a guard. I think you're fine as is. And so if you have the opportunity to go get a big and go get a wing or go get two wings, I'm for it. If you can do that, if the price is a first round pick, I think that could go a long way towards unlocking this team and opening some things up. And I know a lot of people will say, what about miles Turner? Sure. Yeah. You could go get miles Turner. Uh, if the Pacers are open to doing that, maybe they'd want more now that Turner's been playing so well this season. But if you could get Miles Turner for 
two expiring contracts that aren't rust. So you're not asking the Pacers to eat this giant salary and maybe waive him or any of that. But if you can get him for two expirings at 18 million, that's pretty much a straight across swap money for money uh, for what Miles Turner makes. And then you give them a first for their trouble. You'd have to, you'd have to really look at that as well. So there's going to be some opportunities here, I think, for the Lakers. And we keep hearing December 15th is probably the first date that we're going to see it, which means these next 10 games. We talked about the final games to close out November when were important. The final four games, they went three and one. Those are important. But now it's looking like this road trip here. The Lakers are going to have to really show some moxie and I think maybe pick up a win, uh, a win or two against some tough teams in order to put themselves in a position where the front office says, okay, let's, let's go for this. And I, I'm with you who say, that's not really fair for the front office to do that, um, to put them in that position saying, hey, you have to win games. If you don't win games, then you're not, then clearly you're not worth saving. Um, if that's kind of the mentality of the front office, I get it. The front office is the group that put together the roster. And so it's not fair for them to say, well, clearly this team's not good enough to win games. So we're not going to help you when it was the front office that put the roster together. It's just, setting the bar high despite not giving them tool, the tools to reach that place. So I understand there's frustration there, but I think the Lakers over the next couple of weeks heading into December 15th, if they can, if they can stay where they're at or even inch a little closer to 500, I think that gives that much more incentive to get something done. All right, I'm going to move on here. Uh, Cohen said, good bounce back. Uh, LeBron definitely knew he messed up on defense last game, so he played lockdown defense, made some crazy passes, and is it time to say Austin Reeves is part of the big three? I don't know if it's, I mean, like I'm not, if if the Lakers were missing LeBron and missing AD, is Austin Reeves going to just put the team on his back and go nuts? Like maybe, but he he's the type of player that plays best when he's playing alongside other really good players, when he can play off of players like that. And so that's why, and, and that's why I've been a proponent of, or part of why I've been a proponent of Austin staying in the starting lineup. It's because he plays best when he's on the floor with talent, when he's got really good players around him and he can play off of that. That allows him to really do what he's best at. And that's the little things, just make winning plays and feed off of everything else. And it also has a positive effect on the players around him. He makes everyone else around him better. And when everyone else is around him, him is better. He's that much more effective. So I think Austin sticking in the starting lineup is something that needs to happen. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to say, oh, he's a, a superstar or anything. Speaking of which, let's get into this. because I think there's a real debate here. Superstar of the night. The superstar of the night. Uh, I, I'll give you a spoiler alert here. It's not Russ. Not to say Russ had a bad game, but it's either LeBron or AD. LeBron, 31, 7 and 8. 12 of 18 shooting. 6 of 8 from deep. AD. 27 points, 12 boards, three blocks, and one of two from three, nine of 17 shooting. And both of them were a plus eight in plus minus 29 minutes for Anthony Davis, 33 minutes for LeBron James. Both of these guys were fantastic. Man, here's the thing. If you told me Anthony Davis is definitely the superstar of the night, you're not wrong. If you said LeBron James is definitely the superstar of the night, you're not wrong. Both of them were absolutely great. Push comes to shove. If I have to pick one, I'm going to go LeBron 
simply for narrative sake. Because LeBron's been hearing all the people saying he's washed, because everybody's been, been questioning whether or not LeBron can still get it done, because a lot of people were upset with LeBron after that Pacers loss, and rightfully so. LeBron made mistakes that really hurt the Lakers in that game. But he bounced back in a big way in this game. Again, six of eight from three. Not expecting him to shoot this well every single game. That's unsustainable. But he did have more pep in his step. He was more locked in defensively, more engaged. 31 points, insane efficiency. I'm going LeBron James for Superstar of the Night for this one. Chris said, can the Lakers just wave Pat Bev or at least trade him for a bag of chips? LeBron, Reeves, AD went to work tonight. Um, can the Lakers wave Pat Bev if they wanted to? Sure. But there's no reason to do that. There's no reason to wait. He's a $13 million expiring contract at the very least. You're, even if you decide Pat is simply not playable, you're keeping that contract around because that is exactly the type of contract that you need in order to get deals done in today's NBA. So at least through the trade deadline, you are not waving him. And I don't think the Lakers would do that, period. I don't think they would wave him. Um, yeah, you, you definitely consider trading him, though. You look on the trade market. And remember... I've talked about this. Some of Pat's value comes off the floor, comes with the things that he does in the locker room, with the defensive mentality that he can bring. But I understand the frustration. He's not been good on the floor. He had some positive moments tonight. Um, but I was surprised to see him put back into the starting lineup. I know the injuries to Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr. probably had something to do with that. Uh, it was a disaster when he was asked to defend Jeremy Grant, which I don't even necessarily blame pat for that he's 6-2 when he's standing on his tiptoes and he was asked to defend a 6-8 jeremy grant to start the game the blazers just went right after him and he got eaten up uh, but that's to be expected two for seven shooting on the night four boards one steal one block for patrick beverly five points he's not been that productive he's been a disappointment on the floor but again he can bring some stuff in other areas if i'm the lakers i am looking at that package just like the rumor said of pat bev Kendrick Nunn, $18 million plus in expiring salary. See what you can get done there. Keon Park, as great as Austin Reeves played, my biggest takes were AD getting touches in the fourth and Russ with no turnovers and two buzzer beaters. Finally, AD, Thomas Bryant, AD winning Gabriel, Thomas Bryant winning Gabriel on the floor. Uh, yeah, let, let's go point by point there. Uh, number one, AD getting touches in the fourth. That was uh, a point of of emphasis for the Lakers. And you saw they were bringing AD up high and he was getting touches uh, at the top of the key, sometimes just beyond the three-point line. And then he was just acting as an initiator from there, not often shooting from there. But then he started to become a factor cutting to the basket or uh, I think it was Dennis Schroeder took a shot and he finished with a tip dunk because Schroeder pulled over the, the center Nurkic. So that's the type of, of way that you can get AD involved. We talked about some ways that... Um, Teams will try to deny the pass going to AD. There was a play that LeBron made in the game where it turned into an Austin Reeves three because AD was rolling to the basket and the, the Blazers just decided AD is not getting this pass and they decided to leave Austin wide open and he made them pay for it. There's nothing you can do in that scenario. The Lakers read that correctly. Reeves hit the three. Life moves on. AD didn't get the touch on that possession. But we did see in the fourth, the Lakers try to get AD involved, scheme some ways to get him the ball. And, uh, and he was able to take advantage, made some really great plays. But a lot of time it takes somebody getting into the paint, touching the paint, forcing the defense to come off of AD in order to get him opportunities. That's just kind of the plight of the modern day big in the NBA. It's not easy to get them the ball in the post if a team is determined to stop that. Um, 
and then when they are, it's on your team to be able to counter whatever the defense is doing. Uh, Russ with no turnovers and two buzzer beaters. Yeah, Russ also had a buzzer beater uh, earlier in the game. I think that was, what, halftime? Uh, which was great to see. Uh, buzzer beating threes for Russ today. Again, uplifting. I got nervous when he was dancing. I was having flashbacks of the Pacers game, but it did not bite the Lakers in this one. Finally, Davis, Thomas Bryant, Davis, Wenyan Gabriel, Thomas Bryant, Wenyan Gabriel on the floor. This, I mean, to me, it's so obvious, especially with who the Lakers were missing today. You're missing Troy Brown Jr. You're missing Lonnie Walker. So what's going to happen if Patrick Beverly is nominally your three, right? Like he's defending Jeremy Grant. If there's any kind of a long bounce, Jeremy Grant's getting that rebound over, over Pat every single time. You're so undersized. So what you need to do is, and look, frankly, without Troy Brown, without Lonnie Walker, Lonnie's 6'4", he's not huge. The Lakers lack size in general. They lack big wings in general. And if you're going to be extra small. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. sure that hey we don't do this whole four guards and one big thing at least have two bigs out on the floor as often as possible so that if we are playing three guards with them we've got a better chance of securing rebounds of protecting at the rim things of that nature and we finally saw darvin go to that and we finally saw we i mean we even saw a big lineup with lebron on the floor thomas bryant on the floor ad on the floor i loved it you know they looked the lakers looked like they had size the lakers looked more like how you would expect an NBA team to look instead of these bizarre Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, and Anthony Davis lineups where, I mean, Kendrick Nunn, I guess, is a three in that lineup and Austin Reeves at 6'5 is a four. It's just too small. It, it's just, it's not enough size out there on the floor. And so I, I too was very happy to see some bigger lineups. Finally, I think they got, they got punched in the mouth at the beginning of the game and they were so small that finally Darvin Ham was like, okay, I got to go to these bigger lineups. And uh, I hope we see more of it. I hope we see more. B Matt, Beverly Nunn and a first for Ubre in Washington. Solid fit and deals. Yeah, that's that's generally the type of deal that you'd be looking for. Um, I think that's an interesting one. Justin, how does Walker slash Austin get new deals while adding other pieces via Westbrook, Beverly, Nunn trades? Um, short answer is they don't yeah not to yeah not to 
I don't want to go too negative or anything, but this is the downside to only giving one-year deals is um, it may come down to Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves. So for example, let's say the Lakers, let's say you make a trade. You make a Westbrook Beverly Nunn trade, whatever. Let, let, okay. Let, let's say this. Let's say you trade Beverly and Nunn for Miles Turner. And then you extend Miles Turner for 25 million per year starting next year. Um, and you are only going to have 25 million in cap space about. So you have no cap room now. You burn all of your cap space and you keep your draft pick and all that. So you have no cap space to go spend in free agency. Well, then all you have is a mid-level exception. And you're probably gonna have gonna be able to keep one of Reeves or Lonnie Walker for that. I don't know that they would split it. I think both of them are playing too well. Um, the flip side is the only way you can really do it where you keep both of them is if you trade Westbrook, you trade Beverly, you trade none, and you just get expiring contracts back. You let those contracts expire, and then you have $30 million in cap space or so, maybe $25 million to play with in the summer, and you use that money on Austin and, and Lonnie Walker, but that doesn't give you a lot of leeway to go add much else. So unfortunately, because the Lakers don't have bird rights, which has been one of the big flaws in terms of their roster build, is that they haven't been able to acquire bird rights for players. When they do find a player, they're not able to keep that player. So now, and, and part of this also comes back to the Lakers not giving three-year deals to guys like Austin Reeves, like Max Christie, Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, it's forcing them to pay these guys a year earlier, sometimes two years earlier than they should, while other teams just preserve part of their mid-level exception, offer these guys a third year, these second-round picks or undrafted players, a third year, sometimes even a fourth year, in order to keep them under team control for a bit longer. The Lakers continue to not do that. And moments like this is where it comes back to bite them. It's why they had to pay THT a year early. Now we're looking at the situation with Austin Reeves. If they hadn't done that, they'd given Austin Reeves a three-year deal. Then Reeves would still be under contract next year. And you would have, you could make a trade, burn all your cap space for the summer, still have your mid-level exception to use on Lonnie Walker, and off you go. They did not do that, though. And it's very, it very well could come back to haunt the Lakers this year. I think that's going to be one of the storylines of the summer, is trying to figure out a way to keep both Lonnie Walker and, and Austin Reeves and it's not going to be easy. The more I look at it, the more I think it's going to come down to one or the other, which it's not ideal. Not ideal. Love Lamar. Master lock the refs at the end of the game. Called a phantom foul on LeBron and plenty of soft fouls. Then LeBron gets slapped. No call. Good win. Yeah, I mean, I don't look the refs. I don't think they changed the outcome of the game here that much. They, they, are there some frustrating moments? Sure. But I'll tell you what I was happy with. I was happy that Darvin Ham used his challenge. It's the first time in weeks since maybe the beginning of the season that we've seen Darvin Ham use his challenge. And he used it this time. He's been just not using it night after night after night. And he used the challenge in this one and, and actually won the challenge. So and maybe that will encourage him to use it more moving forward. Daniel, so the potential is there with the roster as is bonding. I think so. I, I think there is some potential to be better, but I still think they need balance, and that's going to come via a trade. It has to come via trade. You just, you're just you still too guard-heavy. You don't have enough wings. Uh, you can question whether or not you even are set at the, at the center position. Thomas Bryant, obviously, is making a case for that, for uh, needing minutes there, but you need more wing players. You've got too many guards and you're playing too small as a result of that. 
And skill set wise, you still need more shooting and more defense. So finding those things, I think, will be important. Not easy, but I, I still think you need to do that. Kyle Hampton, good news, we won. Agreed. And not a nail biter. Bad news, I think Kendrick Dunn. Man, that, that dunk that Kendrick went for didn't get. It was rough. J-Dog said, really wish Ham would take minutes from Patrick Beverly. I, again, it makes it that much easier to see a trade with Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn when you look at how they're not really providing much on the floor compared to what some other guys are, right? Like, I think this team gets, if you replaced Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn with a league average wing who can just shoot 37% from three, say, and a league average big, I think this team gets significantly better. If you replace them with two league average wings, I think they get significantly better. Not championship contender better, but much better in terms of just being competitive night after night, being solid in the playoff mix, and having pieces around LeBron, AD, potentially Russ, that fit, that really complement their skill sets. So I, I think that while you're saying, I wish he would take minutes away, I do wonder if we're going to see a trade at some point with those guys. I think it makes sense. makes a lot of sense. All right. This one is a no-brainer, but let, let's let's do this anyway. Star in your role. The star in your role award. Easy one tonight. So easy. Austin Reeves, HBK, 22 points, three assists, five boards. Fantastic performance. Two of five from three. He's been the best three-point shooter on the Lakers. He has been excellent. He makes plays that don't show up in the box score that help you win basketball games. Finished a, a plus 10 on the night. Great stuff from him. Let me also give a shout out to Wenyan Gabriel, who only played four minutes, or I'm sorry, 11 minutes, but had four rebounds in those 11 minutes. Uh, and I thought he also made some winning plays in this game. He's a hustle player, an energy guy. I don't think I, I, you want to play him 25 minutes or anything, but for a guy who can come in and play 15 minutes or so a night, he's giving the Lakers a lot in terms of the hustle, the energy, the production, the versatility defensively how he's helping on the glass. I've been really impressed with, uh, with Wenyan with Gabriel. And Thomas Bryant also had a good night. 14 points, six boards, hit a three, six for nine shooting. That's nice. And I think he made a case for himself to get more minutes with his play tonight. Uh, 20 minutes in this one. And uh, that's coming after just three minutes in the previous game. Uh, Desmond Cole, they were very good in the third quarter of this game, which is something I noticed that Indiana game woke them up to make sure they close out games. Yeah, you could kind of feel that energy from the Lakers, which they, bizarrely, they didn't have energy to start the game. They, it felt like they were sleepwalking. I don't know if it was the, oh my gosh, Lonnie is out. Oh my gosh, we don't have any wings. Pat, really, Pat Bev is going to defend Jeremy Grant. That's really what we're doing. They just came out slow and listless and it did not look good. But once they got that lead and once they had a solid third quarter, you could feel the energy was, Nope, not again. We're not doing this. We are winning this game. We are making sure we're taking this. And that was great to see. Daniel, what a different story if they win last game by 20 also. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Like, if the Lakers won their last game, which, again, they should have. They should have put that game away easily. Um, then, yeah, they're on a four-game winning streak right now, and this is things are looking up that much more. 
Maddie James, that is how you should come out after a heartbreak, heartbreak game. Love the fight and constant pressure on defense as well as everyone in attack mode. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, like they, they came out. They did what they needed to do and got a win over a Western Conference opponent that could be potentially competing with them for a playoff or play-in spot. Great to see. Carl says, Stone Cold Steve Austin Reeves brought us the win tonight. He definitely helped with that. He was big tonight. Uh, again, take nothing away from LeBron and AD. They did their thing. A lot of guys did what they needed to do on the floor, and Austin was certainly one of them. I thought it was great to see Austin specifically stepping up the scoring because there was recognition that Lonnie was out, so therefore the Lakers need more scoring punch from him, and he he really delivered. Again, 7 for 10 shooting. Ace of hearts. Schroeder missed AD so many times, it's kind of annoying. Good win by the Lakers. Still sad to think we should be 9-11. and 11. Also, Shaden Sharp, absolutely insane. Yeah, that dunk was incredible. Uh, Russ missed the box out on that, but then atoned for it with the buzzer beating three. Uh, but Schroeder missing AD, that's not a new thing. Remember, he threw like one lob to AD all season in the year they played together previously. Uh, yeah, it's for whatever reason, they don't have great chemistry, but Schroeder is also not really a pass first point guard to begin with. That's not just, it's not really his skill set. Like Russell Westbrook is a much better passer than Dennis Schroeder is, who has a much better feel for that lob pass. Austin Reeves has a much better, just organic, natural feel for throwing that lob, for passing in general. Dennis Schroeder, I called him uh, in his previous season with the Lakers, I called him the optimistic passer all the time. He would throw passes that he felt like should be there or hoped would be there without really knowing whether or not it was. He just doesn't seem to have that, that feel to the game. And that's okay. That's not that's not his skill set, and that that's it. That's just not his skill set. Um, so you just have to live with it. You just have to scheme around that and understand that that means maybe you run Austin Reeves in pick and roll with AD in order to get him those lob opportunities and things of that nature. Um, let's face it. If Schroeder did have that kind of innate passing feel, he's probably not on a minimum contract. Like it's a little bit of a surprise that he's on a minimum contract anyway as is because he's still a solid basketball player. Didn't light the world on fire or anything tonight, but six points, five assists, um, and put some pressure on defensively. But, um, yeah, if he, if he was that natural passer, he's probably not a Laker right now. Uh, Bella says Austin Reeves, most improved player. I don't know if he'll win the award, but he, if he can, if he has a lot more games like this, he could get in the mix. Bruce, smart move by Ham, benching Russ in the closing minutes. Agreed. That was great to see. That was great to see um, that. And not saying it was great that Russ was on the bench. Or, you know, I'm not, I take no joy in Russ not playing minutes or, or whatever. But it was great to see that Ham just made the decision. Hey, this is what's working for us. This is how we're going to win the game. And who's getting minutes doesn't matter in this moment. Winning the game matters. And, uh, and that's what he did. And you can't complain if you're Russ because you won the game. The gift said, I'm still hurt from the Pacers loss. Man, I am too. I am too. That one hurt. Uh, that stayed on my mind for a while. Did not feel good. Suds says, Lakers are going 70 and 12 with all due respect. Well, that would be absolutely phenomenal. And that would be uh, a bright way to finish out this season, certainly. But yeah, not happening. J.J. Ramirez, Lakers finally had a complete game, even with Pat Bev in the way. Um, agreed. Whoa. 
Let's see. Sorry, guys. I'm just looking into something here for maybe some news. And some of you in the chat may already know what I'm talking about. I'm just confirming right now. Yep. Hey, I get to dust off this button. Breaking news. We do have a little bit of breaking news. Uh, it isn't breaking necessarily in this moment. Some of you probably already saw it, but I just saw it. Uh, the Lakers are waving Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been waived. That does open up a roster spot for the Lakers. Now, I would not assume that that means the Lakers have some move done. Um, doesn't mean that anything is done right now. Could just be out of courtesy to Matt Ryan to give him more of an opportunity to go find another team. But they are waving him, opens up a roster spot ahead of, according to Shams, the December 15th trade date. December 15th is when most of the players who signed contracts this past summer become trade eligible. So now the Lakers can do a two for one trade without having to wave somebody. If they made the decision, Hey, we're probably not going to play Matt Ryan over the next two weeks or so. Um, all, what that does financially is it means that's 15 days that he's not on your books, that you're not also incurring the luxury tax for because he's on a non-guaranteed contract. So you don't have to worry about paying him plus paying the luxury tax on that salary over that time period. So Matt Ryan waived by the Lakers and a roster spot is now open to potentially help facilitate a move. Again, I would not read that as they already have something done. It's possible that they do, but I wouldn't take that as a definite sign because again, there's other incentive, financial incentives, why you would do that anyway ahead of time. But um, they do, they, they waived him. Matt Ryan's time in LA is over. All right. I know guys, I know I'm late on it, but I was, I'm way behind in our, in our chat. And so that's why so I'm not seeing people in the chat that are saying stuff at the time. So I do know that news came out a little bit ago, but I didn't see it. So I figured we'd go over it here. All right. Let's see what else we've got. <laughs> people are, See, what happens is I'm going back and I'm reading everybody being upset with me for earlier for not seeing the Matt Ryan news. I get, I'm way behind in the chat typically because I'm getting through all of our super chats and things. Um, this is why when I, when I have somebody else on with me, it definitely, it helps because then they can stay current in the chat uh, and stay up to date on things. But yeah, I'm way behind because as we go through and I answer questions, I just, that's what happens. I fall behind and that's the way it goes. But in any event, Matt Ryan waived um again could mean could mean something could mean something coming nothing for sure on that though again they have reason in order to waive him and not necessarily do something uh right now 
Oh, chat. All right. Everybody's giving me giving me grief over that. <laughs> okay. Let's see what else we've got going on here. Uh, when it kicked me out, it looks like I lost a lot of the super chats, so I may need to go back and grab those after the fact and add those into tomorrow's show. So just so you guys know, it kicked me out of here even for a moment. Okay, so I've got some people that are mentioning that they could go after Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. That's true. They could do that. They could go after Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Again, this is now, like if you wanted to do a Russell Westbrook trade for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, now you can do that and take on an extra player because you have an open roster spot now. Phantom King says, I don't really like waving a guy right after a win. Could have waited until the morning. I do wonder how much of that is the Lakers and how much of that is Shams jumping the gun on that? Like we already saw that with Woj last summer with Frank Vogel where they had just won and then Woj puts out that the Lakers would be releasing him. Um, I don't know if that's that and that could be on the Lakers if that's where it came from. If it didn't, maybe that's on Shams. I don't know. But Shams was the one who put it out there that the Lakers are indeed waving Matt Ryan. So yeah, I agree though. I think it's not a great look. Um, not a great look. Let's see. Apparently, Dave McMenamin has something to say as well. So let's see what he's got on this. The Lakers plan to waive Matt Ryan, who is on a non-guaranteed contract, to open up roster spot to give flexibility when pursuing deals starting December 15th. So, yeah, correct. That's, again, you've got extra flexibility. Doesn't mean anything is done right now. A couple of weeks, that's when they're going to start really looking at, at deals and seeing what they can find. Uh, we appreciate you, Trev, but Pat Bev tricked y'all, man. Uh, Pat, you know, we were hoping that we were going to see that the Pat Ryan, that uh, uh, the Pat Beverly, that we've seen play against the Lakers for so many years. The guy who's just this pest, who's this annoyance, who's making all these great defensive plays. And we just haven't seen that guy this year. We've seen some moments here and there, but fortunately, he just hasn't been able to get things done. Um, just not been able to get things done the way we were hoping for on the court. Kyle Hampton, Matt Re or Matt Ryan passes on one open three and they wave him. Apparently. I like it. The chat's picking up on that. Pat Ryan. Yeah. That was, I decided I was in the middle of thinking about Matt Ryan and potential landing spots for him and all that kind of stuff. And I went to talk about Patrick Beverly and out came Pat Ryan. I don't know. If you put them together, that's not a bad player. Matt Ryan's three-point shooting with Pat Bev's defense. Okay. Maybe he doesn't get waived if he's Pat Ryan. Uh, Sealed said, your opinion, should we still trade Russ? Is it worth it? Yeah, look, um, I think that it's worth it depending on what's coming back. Like, that's the big question is what comes back to the Lakers in a Russell Westbrook trade? Because if it's – look, if, if teams around the NBA are still looking at Russell Westbrook as a negative that's going to cost a first-round pick just to take him on. So if teams are saying, if you're giving us Russ, that costs you a first-round pick. If you want anything back, that's another first. If that is the trade math that's being used by other teams – then I don't think it's worth it because Russ hasn't been a negative. Now, again, depending on what's coming back, but Russ hasn't been a negative for this team. He hasn't. So 
it's not not saying he's worth 47 million. He's not giving you that, but he hasn't been a negative. So you don't have that dire sense of urgency that you have to do something and move this guy. Yes, ideally that 47 million dollars would be spent on two or three players who are three and D wings and off you go. That would ideally be the situation. But if other teams are saying, if you're trading Russ, we're going to fleece you, then no, you probably don't do a deal. You probably don't do something. But if you can find a team that says, you know what, Russ off the bench for the Lakers, it's kind of working. And we think it might work for us. So we're, we're going to trade for Russ to actually play him. Then maybe it doesn't cost you a first just for a team to take him on then maybe that math changes and you can find a better deal. So depending on what's out there, I don't think you abandon the idea of trading Russell Westbrook at all. I think it might be easier to trade the duo of Nunn and Patrick Beverly, but I don't think you abandon trading Russell Westbrook. It's still something you look at. It's still something you consider. I just don't think it's something you have to do anymore, particularly if the only options that are out there are not good options where you're getting fleeced. Is Westbrook a lock or is he expendable? No, I think he is. I think he's someone you can trade. I don't think you have to have his skill set. When we still pan back, when we look big picture, Russ and LeBron together doesn't really make a lot of sense on the floor. They don't complement each other that well. And so I think that you can, um, you can do this. You can do a Russell Westbrook trade and be just fine. Um, I don't know if I'd go so far as saying he's just expendable. He's not a net neutral. I think he's been good for the Lakers this year. So I'm not trying to trade him, but yeah. I think that if you, I'm not thinking of him as a player that you have to trade. If something comes along that works though, absolutely. You consider it. Senpai amazes me how Russ can dance despite shooting bad. Yeah. I mean, that was, and that was where people got upset in the Pacers game was Russ is dancing and celebrating. The game's clear, clearly not over. And then the Lakers find a way to lose. And then you go back and you say, well, did that fire up the Pacers seeing Russ dancing, doing all that stuff? Should you be showboating when you haven't won the game? You're not shooting all that well. It's a fair criticism, but at the same time, Russ is, he plays with emotion and he, gets fired up. He gets the crowd fired up. He feeds off that energy. Um, so I'm not necessarily going to fault him. It's It can be a lot of fun when Russ has it going and he's playing to the crowd and, and all that sort of stuff. And it can get the fans involved and that can spark the team. It can provide energy for the team. So I don't think it's a, it's a total negative, but sure. If, like I would have a bigger problem though with Russ dancing if they were down 15. They're down 15 and you do something and then you're dancing and celebrating stuff. Oh, you're still down 15. You're up 15. Okay. It becomes a little more acceptable. <laughs> you guys, like, I guess we're, we're excited over there being some type of trade buzz for Matt Ryan being waived, but I've got some random comments here in the chat. Rocky says night snack, hot pocket cereal or quesadilla. Uh, I'll help you out here, Rocky. You can go with the quesadilla. Go with the quesadilla for sure. Bust out a little guac too. Yeah. That's that's the way you get that done. Adam said next year won't be different than this year if they do nothing. Why not trade the picks if next year they blow it up and get uh, 
four to six AD uh, LeBron first rounder. So you're going to blow it up next year. Um, and that's what you're thinking. Next year won't be different than this year if they if they do nothing. Yeah, I mean, look, they need to make some type of move. The question is, do they make that move midseason or do they make that move next summer? I don't think the plan is to walk into next season with the exact same team. In fact, I know it's not because they've got all these one-year contracts. They're going to have a very different team next year. But the question is, what pieces can they get to put around LeBron and AD? That's really the, the big question. And can they find those pieces right now and therefore improve this season? And does this season give them incentive to do that? Or do they feel like they need to wait until next summer when they've got cap space? They get another first round pick to trade next summer too, because on draft night, you can trade as soon as your first round pick, whether it's the Pelicans pick or the Lakers pick, looking like it's going to be the Lakers or the Pelicans pick. But uh, as soon as you make that pick and it's no longer a pick, it's a player, you can trade it. So effectively you have another first rounder to, to play with as well on the trade market this summer. So that also matters. Um, that's the decision-making process for the Lakers. I wouldn't expect the team to look the same next year at all. And I think if they do, yeah, then LeBron and AD would not be happy. Eric, would Miles Bridges be a good addition if possible? So I've talked a little bit about that. I've talked about, um, I don't think Miles Bridges is very likely to be a Laker because it would require the Hornets to decide, never mind, we don't want him to be a restricted free agent. We're just going to waive him. And then the Lakers to sign him for a veteran minimum that's the only thing they could pay him with. So I don't, they, they can't do a sign and trade for him. They're already well over where the, the hard cap would be. So I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I don't see Miles Bridges coming to the Lakers. I think the Lakers monitoring the Miles Bridges situation is more about other players that are on the Hornets roster. All right. Uh, Mustafa says, Trevor, we need more players like Austin. Uh, he needs to get paid. Agreed. Agreed. You have a lot of Austin Reeves. You've got a pretty good team. Cisco says, Master Lock, Trev. Matt already signed with DoorDash. Did Matt Ryan already sign with DoorDash? Did that happen? I hope, look, Matt Ryan shot well enough with the Lakers that I think he's going to get a look with somebody else. I don't know who, but I, I would imagine he's going to get a look with somebody else. He's not going back to DoorDash. He's proven that he can play in this league. I think he's going to get a look somewhere. Roger said, I'm telling y'all, man, Austin Reeves hit up the barber shop in LA. The barber gave him a fade and told him to shoot the ball more. Shout out to the barber. Roger, maybe you're right. I'll have to ask him. I'll ask Austin. Is it, is it the hair? Is that what gotten you really going and scoring the basketball? Whatever it is, keep doing it. If it's the haircut, great. Keep getting that haircut. Michael Smith, why isn't Thomas Bryant played much until now? Preaching to the choir. I would have liked to have seen Thomas Bryant play more. I'd like to see more big lineups. And instead... We've been seeing a lot of small ball, super small ball with like four guards on the floor at the same time. That's not great. That's not great. All right, let's get to this. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis 
analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into our favorite award of the night. Master Lock of the Night. The master lock of the night. Master lock for this one. Chat, who do you want to put into the master lock from this game? This is going to be a first. This is going to be a first. First time this happens, chat, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to master lock myself because I was so behind in the chat that I did not see the news until about 20 minutes after it happened. So the chat already knew about it, but I was so far behind in the chat trying to get to all the super chat questions that I did not see the news about Matt Ryan. So for those of you who are watching live, you knew about it before I did. So I'm going to master lock myself. I don't know if that's physically possible though. I have to figure out some way to do that, but yes, I will put myself in the master lock for this one for missing the news for about 20 minutes that Matt Ryan had been waived. Uh, Bruce, Bev, Nunn, and a first for Boyan and Bagley. Well, the Pistons just signed Bagley to a new deal. I don't think they want to move him, but something like that for Boyan. If it's Boyan, if you're giving up a first, um, I don't, I don't feel comfortable giving up a first for Boyan. Look, he's a great player. I like what he does, but it, if I'm going to give up a first, I want it to be a guy who can be with the team long-term. And Boyan's going to be turning 34 in the spring. He's just not going to be around for long enough for me, especially knowing that I want it to be a player that I can flip down the road if I decide I need to go into a rebuild that I can flip for assets. And I just don't think that's going to be the case with Boyan. So I'm not on board with the trade if the cost is a first for Boyan Bogdanovich. I, I get it if Bagley is in the deal, uh, why maybe you'd go ahead and do it because Bagley's younger. So if that's really the deal, okay, but... Even then, I just don't see the Pistons making a move with Bagley right now. I don't think that's the piece they're trying to trade. Apparently, the chat very much agrees that I should get master locked. Man, all the way down, everybody's saying to master lock. Look, hey, I'm in agreement, but holy moly. So angry with me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I'm scrolling through and just seeing everybody saying, I deserve the master lock. Master lock, Trevor. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you guys are, are correct. Are correct. All right. Uh, Ham not starting Bryant or Gabriel is worrisome in this game. I was surprised that he didn't start big. Again, for the, the reason that I explained earlier in the show, that you're not going to get a lot of the secondary rebounds, the balls that are tipped. The long bounces when you're when you you've got three guards when Patrick Beverly is your small forward technically at six two, that's going to make things really tough and you can mitigate that somewhat by going a little bit bigger by having Thomas Bryant in there with AD and LeBron. Then all right, then you've got size and and then you're not putting yourself in that situation. So I was surprised that Ham didn't do that either. I thought he did recognize it eventually. 
but then he still went back to that lineup to start the half. It ended up working out okay. They went on a run uh, to start the second half, and so it, it worked. But I would have been more comfortable going big as well. Phantom King. Matt Ryan confirms he's being waived. Feels like it could have been handled better than this. What free agent could they be looking at, Cousins? I don't think they're looking at a, at a free agent. I think they're looking at uh, keeping a roster spot open for a trade so you can take back an extra player in trade and you don't have to pay the luxury tax on that salary for however long that spot is open as well. So that's also a factor. But yeah, uh, I, I would agree that it could be handled better than this. Um, that announcing it right after a win is not ideal. It should have been held until tomorrow. I don't know if that's on Shams. I don't know if that's on an agent who leaked that info. I don't know if that's on the Lakers for leaking that info. But yeah, that's that's not ideal. Same thing with Frank Vogel. Feels so similar to what happened with Frank Vogel it getting leaked right after the Lakers won their last game of the season. And it was a kind of a fun, uplifting game after a terrible season. And for that to come out while he's in his post-game presser, um, that was not the way that should have been handled. And this is not the way this should be handled either. But I don't know where to place the blame for this either. This may not be a Lakers thing at all. I don't know. All right, everybody. Let's wrap things up there. Again, I did miss a number of Super Chats earlier in the night. I will go back and find those and add those into the show for tomorrow. Um, the ones I missed when I was dealing with the Matt Ryan news and even got booted out. It was, it's been a show tonight, guys. I, that's, that's all I can say. It is, it has been a show. I even got inadvertently booted out of my own show for a couple of, for a minute there. Um, wackiness ensued. I missed the Matt Ryan news for like 20 minutes. It's been a night. Thank you guys for hanging in there with me. Um, oh, all right. One last super chat question. Trevor, do you ever feel like you're just speaking to a crowd of emotional, rascally students, but this time for basketball instead of history, LOL. I did teach history for 13 years. Um, there are some similarities at times, but this is also very different because we're talking about a sports team and all of it. And, and I can say this too. I'm, I'm more on the same wavelength of everybody else that's out there. Like when my students like weren't getting a topic or, or were you know, being a pain or something like that. I'm not like on that same wavelength as them. Whereas this, when you guys are all upset that the Lakers blew the game to the Pacers, I'm upset too, right? I'm not acting like it as much, right? Like I'm trying to keep it inside, but I'm, but it's, it's eating away at me too. Like I'm feeling the same thing you guys are. So that's the way the dynamic is a little bit different too, but sure. There are, there are some similarities, but, uh, I wouldn't trade it. This is, this is a lot of fun guys. And I enjoy doing this and I've said it before, but thank you to all of you for allowing me to, to do this because it is a, a blast and, uh, and a privilege. All right, everybody. Thank you guys till next time. See ya and stay safe. Mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch. She can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs 
From technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrists and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.